The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back, everybody. It's Jamie D and Big New. You know by now. I'm Jamie D'Amico, and he's Big Chris Newton, and there's a good reason we call him Big Newt. He's a big man. And here you are, joining us for the very somber show after the playoff loss to the Chiefs. Newt, are you doing okay? I, I'm glad that we're recording on a Tuesday afternoon instead of Sunday Sunday night. And that's what we just got done talking about. I'm I'm a lot better now, um, but like most of you all, it was very somber in the Newton household. Um, Jalen was crying, you know, and our, our uh, DC backer leader, you know, Greg, he was like, you know, it's the first time his daughter cried, and she the sweetest girl. You know, you used to live with them, man, and mm-hmm. I love her to death, man. And it's like Jalen crying, she crying. That's how I feel, but I, I – I was I was probably pissed off for 30 minutes. And then after that, I just realized, man, five, six years ago, we would have begged to be in this position. So I'm much oh better God, now. Yeah. And there was a school of thought that the winner of that game was going to end up winning the Super Bowl because in a lot of people's mind, that was absolutely, at this point in the season, the two best teams that were still left. We saw a lot of upsets. I mean, basically, with the exception of the Chiefs, Every lower-ranked team won. (laughs) Um, And it it was a a great weekend of playoffs. And the thing I want to get into is this is something I remember very clearly from the Super Bowl run, which is after losing the last game of the season, people come out with, with their pitchforks. They want their pound of flesh. They want somebody to blame. And there is blame to go around. But people, take a breath. Coaches' heads don't need to roll. Players don't need to be cut. You know, there doesn't need to be any firings. They just need to learn from the mistakes. And and they made mistakes. Like that kickoff with 13 seconds left. I mean, logic tells you you make them return that. You, you squib that. You you take time off the clock, especially when you've got Patrick Mahomes on the other side. And also, you don't let a team go 45 yards in two plays in only a few seconds. Like, 
they need to do better than that. But the the coaches are the people that got them to where they are. Go ahead. You were going to say something. No, go ahead and finish your thought. No, I'm done. That. Oh, well, I, I disagree with that take. Um, the blame is not to be laid in multiple places because, once again, I bring the same energy, man. I will, I will disfriend you. I will block you on social media if anyone says anything bad about Josh Allen. <laughs> well, and, yeah, and so the the blame does not go to Josh Allen. Josh Allen played; he had a historic run in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Historic. He became and, a bona fide star in these yeah. playoffs. Yeah, like Naturally. I'm, I'm almost to the fact where I was gonna come on here Tuesday, Tuesday afternoon, and say I probably won't ever question him again. He's above reproach. But I can't because things happen with quarterbacks. We got to see what happens in coaching. Um, Rumor has it that Brian Dable, he's getting his second interview with the Giants. They hired um, our assistant GM as their GM. So um, it's likely that he's going to bring Brian Dable with him, right? Mm -hmm. And so we'll get off into that. You know, Josh Allen went on record saying his vote – goes to Ken Dorsey, the quarterback's coach. And that would be that would go a long way as far as continuity is concerned, even though he's never yes. been a coordinator. Um, but I digress. But, no, blame does not go to the offense. I feel like the offense and more so Josh Allen and even more so uh, Gabriel Davis, man, historic day, over 200 yards receiving, four touchdowns, never been done in NFL postseason history. So they did what they needed to do. You touched on it. Squib, kick. Yep. Squib the ball. You literally football. You once again, you ain't got to play NFL. You ain't got to get paid millions of dollars, man. JFL literally. Pop Warner coaches know that. You got 13 seconds left. You got uh, Patrick Mahomes on the other side. You have to think that this dude could go down there and score, especially since he had the timeouts that he didn't even need to use for real, right? Mm-hmm. So you squib kick, you taking at least five, six seconds off the clock, that's half their time. You have to squib kick that. And, and I do place it on coaching. And I know you're going to stick up for a coaching because you said without our coaching, we wouldn't have got to this point. And that's okay. Every game is singular. All right? It's an isolated thing. So you can play well one day and don't play well the other day. That's okay. I think the coaches did not play well. They did not coach well. Not only the squib kick, but other things throughout the game. Fourth and inches. You got 6'4", 230-pound quarterback. That gets it. You get that every time. We've been talking about this all year. You get that every time. Why don't you go for it? You went for it on other fourth downs. Why? You know what I'm saying? Because you were on your own 35. But what's and the, that's the equivalent of giving Kansas City seven points because but, your defense couldn't, couldn't make a play. But Kansas City was scoring on us anyway. And I'm going to talk about that more anyway. Did it matter if you made them drive the field? Or you give it to on the 30-yard line, except for when we uh, had kicked it and uh, we pinned them down on their two, three-yard line. Besides yep. that, they scored from 70 yards. They scored from 60 yards. They scored from 50. It doesn't matter. So you got to do what you can to keep them off the field. And I know that's unconventional. It might not be popular, but we went for it on other fourth downs, and that's why we made it a game. We punted more than they did. You know what I'm saying? And also talking about special teams, when you talk about punting, why are we punting to Tyreek Hill? 
I don't understand. Put the ball out of bounds. Yeah, you got to you got to kick that out of bounds. Kick it out of bounds. And once again, we're talking about simple things. We talk about Jamie. Did you even ever play football? You never even played football, have you? No. Okay, even you know that. So that's what I'm saying. I put this. It's the most elementary things we could have done to to win this game. And I'm not trying to say fire people. I'm not saying all that stuff. That's that's idiotic. But what I'm trying to say is if I play blame on somebody, just like I give it to Josh Allen when he don't play well, I give it to the offensive line when they don't play well, I'm giving it to the coaches. There's little things we could have did throughout that game that would have put us in a better situation. That's that's all I'm going to say. But you don't feel like anybody deserves to be fired over this. Now you're talking about something else. I don't think – I would say – that no one deserves to be fired, but if Leslie Frazier gets another job, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited to see if we can get someone better. Mm-hmm. And we and Frazier had the number one defense of the league. But one thing I did not like, and now we're talking about another thing, is we got to figure out a way to get to the <laughs> Mahomes. I don't yeah. understand for the life of me how you can either you're going to pressure him or you bracket him. Meaning you got to contain him. We can't pressure him and we can't contain him. I can't understand that for the life of me. Well, Warren Sapp says that once you run past the quarterback, you now have the best seat in the house. Yeah. Because you're just going to watch the play unfold. And they they kept overrunning him and they kept lunging at him instead of sort of basically what they needed to do was play Patrick Mahomes like they were guarding somebody in basketball. Yep. You just keep yourself between the person and the basket. Yes. They needed to keep themselves between him and the line of scrimmage. Let him stand back there. Right. Let him stand back there. Don't let him run for 35 yards on, on one play. Mm-hmm. Um, they, got, they got that through their heads later in the game, it seemed. Because if I were them... If I were the Bills, I would have been only working with a three-man pass rush and had one person as a spy that was playing a shallow zone. Right. Th- that's what I would have done. Yep. I agree, man. And it's just we couldn't stay in our lanes and we're getting upfield and we can't contain. It's just he was able to and, – and, and once again, Patrick Mahomes, it, it ain't like he a scrub. He's one of no. the best quarterbacks in the league, but – just to see that unfold, we we only got to him twice. And one of them was a legit sack on Ed Oliver, and the other one was Teron Johnson. And it was like, that was not really a sack for real. That was, a, right. you know. So we got, I, and people were like, well, Big Nuke, you know, what, what do you want to, uh, my boy, the, uh, the fish. I was talking to him, uh, yeah. Eric, during the uh, game and stuff, texting. And he was like, you know, what should we look for in the draft? And that's a great question, Eric. And I said cornerback. And then now I'm like, if it's a bona fide defensive end, I'm talking about like a stud guy, and I doubt it would be that kind of impact player there at 28 where we'll be drafted. We're going to be drafted like 27, 28, somewhere in there. Mm -hmm. And uh, if it's somebody who we could know be a legit uh DN outside linebacker type guy that can rush the passer, man. I'm all for it going again. We we gotta get a guy. And, and maybe Rousseau and Basham, maybe one uh, you know, one day those guys will be guys, but I would love to just get a guy who we could just depend on in a four-man rush. Don't let those things happen. 
that is certainly something that the team needs and has been sorely lacking all season. And the Bills have put a ton of assets into the defensive line over the past few years. They're not panning out, but from a roster construction perspective, I don't know if you can keep throwing good picks after bad at the same position. Um, I I guess it remains to be seen. I I could be convinced otherwise. Um, But another, another aspect that it seems the team is lacking is a little bit of speed on the back end. Now, I know nobody out there is going to be able to run with Hill. I mean, the, the guy's just, he's ridiculously fast. But you do need a little bit more speed. Now, I don't know where that comes from, though, because if you're going to take somebody off the field, are you going to take off an all-pro safety? Are, are you going to get rid of Trey White? Levi Wallace had a great game. Teron Johnson is actually very quick himself. So, like, who would you remove? Is it depth you need? Is it faster linebackers? Because their linebackers are plenty fast. Like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what the answer is. Yeah. Like, how, how do you cover that guy? You only thing you could do is double them. That's the only thing. And that and 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 that leads to the once again the 13 seconds. Why is it that Tyreek Hill is able to run without two people on his hip? Okay. I would and, think you've got to double both him and Travis Kelsey. And that's why I was going to next. That 13 seconds, I'm doubling both of those guys. And you like, well, well, new, how are you gonna do that? I'm taking one of the D linemen off the field. We should have yep. only rushed two, maybe three people. Maybe yes. three people. We wasn't getting to him anyway. And you gotta think the time is on your side. He has to get rid of the ball. Drop everybody. I, I yep. can't understand that for the life of me, dude. And you might be like, oh, Newt, that's what you do on man, blah, blah. No, you could that's conventional. You could do it. Instead of yep. rushing four, rush two or three, and then bring in an extra uh, DB in there and um, and, and to cover. You know what I'm saying? Travis Kelsey should have been double covered. Hill should have been double covered. Everybody the else other thing covered. is you don't need to guard the sideline, and that's what Levi Wallace was doing. They've got a full complement of timeouts. They don't need the sideline. He was out there guarding air, bro. Yep. I can't understand that for the life of me. Once again, man, crucial coaching mistakes. Yep. Once again, if Leslie Frazier doesn't get on head coach job, I'd love to have him back. He has the number one defense. But my thing is, if he do go, let's get somebody even better. And yeah. this guy, and this guy's out there. We'll be talking about this during the offseason, how coaches are moving around and stuff. We'll talk about it. But yeah, there's guys out there to be had. They have to fit the system, though. They're not going to bring in somebody like Wink Martindale who runs a heavy blitzing scheme and plays man coverage. So something to keep in mind as, as we do talk about that. That's um, fair. Let's talk about Josh Allen, though. And we began speaking about him, but can we say that we have an, a national star on our hands at this point? The way he yeah. showed in the playoffs, do you think the entire country recognizes how good he played the last two games? So so many people called me and was like, big new Josh Allen. I took because a lot of people did. A lot of my boy Dominic in St. Louis, man. I gotta shout you out. He's been loving Josh Allen since we took him. 
Hmm. And he was like, I wish we had Josh Allen over Dak Prescott. And you and I, we've always questioned him, man. We always question him. Mm-hmm. But the, and, and this is where you judge it. Damn the regular season. Okay? Damn the regular season. Everybody gets it done in the regular season. This is where you make your mark. Mm-hmm. And he did so in a probable way, man. And I, I think so, man. A lot of people was like, Newt, this is the guy, man. And because I don't want to go out. I don't I want to make sure you capture the moment the right way. Like if he could just keep giving me this, I have no doubt my mind will win one. And that's what makes me feel good today. If he gives me this, and we said it last week against New England, he had a wonderful game. He followed that up against a good, well, against probably who's going to be the Super Bowl champion, mm-hmm. Kansas City Chiefs. And he came with an even better performance. He was you, he, go ahead. Here's what I liked the most about his performance. And obviously, I loved him slinging it around and throwing those long touchdowns. But it was his demeanor. We witnessed Josh Allen come of age right before our eyes. Because yeah. even earlier in the season, there were moments where he had the hero ball thing, where he was running around making bad decisions. He didn't make any of those bad decisions. He let the game come to him and he played within himself. That is a, a surefire sign of maturity. Josh Allen has become a mature player that understands what it takes to get the job done and not try to do too much on the field. And even when you saw him on the sideline, the look on his face, it was pure intensity. You could tell the guy wanted it. But no matter how bad he wanted it, he still was playing intelligently. And I always thought that if if you combined his physical talent with good coaching and put a good good head on his shoulders – He'd be unstoppable. Well, guess what? He's now unstoppable. And just to see the rise, man, and for all of you all to have young people in your lives that play sports, they did in the pregame, you know, sitting around waiting for that 6 o'clock kickoff. You watch all the pregame jargon, and they did a special on them. And to go from California, no-star quarterback, nobody wants you, to little Wyoming where you didn't even really light it up then, and then you go to uh, Buffalo and finish second in the MVP. And I don't know about the MVP stuff this year. Um, I don't know when they vote for it. I, I mean, I don't know if they already tallied it. I don't know if they already selected the winner off the regular season. Before the playoffs, they vote on it. Okay, because if they included the playoffs, there's no way in heck that he wouldn't be a top three player for the MVP. Mm-hmm. I think he'll probably finish in the top six, mm-hmm. okay, which is still great. Last year he finished second. No one would have predicted this, and once you, once again, we didn't. We haven't seen Sugar High Josh in weeks, and that's what I want to see. He he is earning his pay, which is very important. This weekend, ninety percent QBR. 73% uh, percent completion percentage, which is all the things you like. Mm-hmm. And he went to Gabriel Davis, who's essentially our fourth receiver, but something tells me he won't be our fourth receiver next year. No. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, and for for to have your fourth receiver turn up like that, that means that we have weapons. We drafted well in those situations, and uh, it's a healthy situation in our passing game. So hopefully we can get someone. And Brian Dable, man, kudos to you developing him. Go reap your rewards for being able to do a great job in Buffalo. Yeah. Um, I'll shake his hand, but let's let's get some of these other guys in here who lost jobs or uh, uh, maybe Ken Dorsey once again. Maybe he could be an up-and-coming guy. Obviously, he's our quarterback coach. I love the continuity. I would love to get him, but having a defensive-minded head coach makes me wonder, okay, we can't really afford to have somebody who's inexperienced like Dorsey. So we need an experienced guy there on the office of Ian. Well, I heard a rumor that Matt Nagy could get looked at because he and McDermott coached together. But honestly, Ken Dorsey's a rising name. He has studied under Brian Dable for three right. years. Right. He's Josh Allen's guy. Yeah, he's considered a rising star. He interviewed for the offensive coordinator job in Seattle last year. Okay. Uh, so he's being thought of in those terms. I'd, I'd be interested. I'd, I'd be interested to see what he can bring to the table. Yeah. And if anything, it's continuity. Right. Um, and continuity is good. There hasn't been turnover on the staff. And I don't think you want to change this offense too much. Why would you? It was a top five offense. So Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So... Um, like I said, defensively, obviously, I understand where you're coming from. Uh, you don't want to bring in someone that's blitz happy because do we even have the personnel for that? No, we don't. Okay, we don't. So you want to bring in someone who has that same philosophy because we don't want a lot of turnover uh, as far as our roster is concerned. I don't want to wait. We're ready to win now. Mm-hmm. So let's just retool it. So you would think that you would go out to a guy that, you know, have the same principles. You know, we're not going to bring in a, a 3-4 scheme guy i mean we run a lot of base nickel um and we could easily address that in the off season and we could uh retool it you know through free agency and the draft so you're right i don't want to i don't want someone who's going to overhaul and we got to take a step back yeah remember that garbage when we used to have different systems all the time like when rex ryan came and the bills ended up playing chris kelsey at linebacker and just people completely out of position yep you, you can't do that. If you, if you were to switch to a blitzing scheme now, you would take these corners and safeties that are predicated on playing zone coverage and lock them up man-to-man. It wouldn't work. They would get burned all the time. And that's what you saw with Josh Norman back when he went from Carolina to Washington. He mm. was a zone corner. They tried to make him a man-cover guy. He was terrible. Terrible. Right. right. And anyway, uh, let's talk about Gabriel Davis. I was... I got a text message during the game from a buddy of mine and it was, he asked a simple question. Who the hell is this Gabriel Davis? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think we all got those texts. My brother-in-law texted me. He was like, man, where this guy come from? Cause he's big in fantasy football. So I was like, what do you, you, you keep up with Buffalo like that? But he, you know, he played fantasy. So uh, yeah, I, I'm sure we all got those calls, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, eight catches. 201 yards, four touchdowns, and Stephon Diggs was noticeably absent from the game. And I'm going to guess, because I haven't seen film on it, but I'm going to guess that 
They double and triple teamed Stefan Diggs and said, we are going to take this weapon away. And that left Gabriel Davis wide open <laughs> the rest yeah. of the day. And and the move he put on the corner that third touchdown, man. Oh, he broke man, his he ankle. Made him fall down. Made broke his ankles like it was an M1 mixtape. <laughs> Shout out to the 90s and one mixtape. Um, yeah, that was just crazy, man. And and you're right. Uh, I do apologize to all our listeners. You know, usually we go back and look at the film, write our notes. I I can't bring myself to watch it. Not yet. No, I, I can't, can't do either. it. <laughs> it was I, a great game. All that. Yeah, this is the greatest game ever in playoff history, all that stuff, but I, I can't do it yet. Maybe, maybe come summertime. You know, in the doldrums of summer, ain't nothing on TV but rerun stuff. I might be able to watch it, but I can't do it now. I don't blame you. It actually feels like trauma having lost that. And it's it's a silly thing to say, but I am also, and I, and I don't think you're alone. And I think there's a lot of people out there going through the same thing. At least that's what I'm seeing on Twitter. People are having a, a reaction to it as if they had trauma inflicted upon them. And, you know, I want to keep this in perspective. Sports right. is entertainment. Right. Uh, but we we gather a lot of our regional identity through the teams that we root for. Right. And I don't think that it's without merit to feel a personal loss when your team not only goes down, but in a game that took you on such an emotional roller coaster. Yep. I mean, the Bills had that game won three times. Yes. But didn't win. And and you talking about emotional trauma, it, it really is. And we don't want to like downplay this. We know that mental health is very important, but it is. Um, like you said, a lot of your identity is in your teams. Um, where you come from, where you live, and all that stuff. And with me, I mean, everybody knows me as the Bills fan because there's not too many Bills fans. You know, like, it ain't like the Cowboys. and the Ste- Like, we all know right. Cowboy fans. We all know Steeler fans. We all know those guys. We all know, everywhere. We know the Patriot fans. We're, we're everywhere, too. You know what I'm saying? Because we got a bunch of Bills boys all over, but you don't really run into too many Bills fans that are, like, your friends outside of your circle and people from where you from. You know what I'm saying? Like you and I became friends because we both met at the bar. You see what I'm saying? So mind you watch because we were watching Bill's games at the bar. Exactly. Just getting drunk. Exactly. (laughs) Even though it was some of that going on too, but yeah. Um, but yeah, so the Buffalo Bills was never really the cool thing. And a lot of people, they put their paraphernalia up and they ashamed and all that. And now we're good, you know. So I received, once again, I can't tell you how many calls and texts I received because you identify with your teams. Mm-hmm. Every week people, like I have, I had at least four people say, man, I'm rooting for you, Newt. I'm rooting for you. Like, I, I mean, that's why I say I call it we and us. Because I've been getting that for years. You identify with your team. People are rooting for Buffalo just because they know that you root for them. So it feels good to do that. But looking back on it, I'm not I'm not upset today. It's more of an opportunity lost. And we talk about this at nausea, yeah. man. I'm 48 years old. I'm overweight, man. I ain't got that many more years. I mean, my years might be, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's like, dang, this was an opportunity, bro. Like, 
if we would have won this game, if we would have won this game, we would have been seven-point favorites over the Bengals. Do you have any doubt in your mind that we would have beat the Bengals? Um, I'm not 100% certain that the Bills would have won because winning in the fashion that they did, you it sets you up for a letdown oftentimes. And since he can score with the best of them, but the way the Bills have been playing, I would give them a 95% chance of beating the Bengals. But what I'm trying to say is you feel damn good. I mean, whoever you play in the AFC Championship is going to be doubt, but you feel damn sure about it. You feel damn good about the opportunity. And then in the Super Bowl, you got either San Fran or the Raiders. I mean, Rams, excuse me. Now, granted, the Rams is a very talented team and very good. But Matthew Stafford ain't Josh Allen. Not right now. Okay? And then San Fran, come on, San Fran, they can run the football. That's all great. They're tough. But I'm putting my money on Josh Allen over Garoppolo also Mm, at this point. You know, right now, as of today. So it reminds me of when – once again, I'm a Michigan basketball fan, as you know, but I don't know if our listeners remember. When we made it to the championship or the Final Four, I believe that was 2013. Mm-hmm. And it was like everybody that year that was supposed to advance got knocked off. Mm-hmm. So the whole time I'm thinking, man, this is my opportunity. Like that was the, it was the year that remember Loyola Chicago made it. Remember? Yeah. So I'm like, dude, like we don't have to play the Kentuckys. They lost in the second round. We ain't got to play the Dukes. They lost in the Sweet 16. We're still standing. All we got to do is beat Loyola Chicago in Louisville. You know what I'm saying? So we eventually lost in the championship. But I felt so good about it because of the road. So I'm saying all that to say bring it back to Buffalo is the two number one seeds lost. So now you just got to get past – you get past Mahomes somehow and you got a golden ticket to a Super Bowl championship. That's all I'm saying. Like it ain't nothing guaranteed, but I I dag sure love my odds. That's all I'm saying. Yes, and – Let's face it, facing the Chiefs is a bad draw. Having yeah. to play the Chiefs in the divisional round is bad damn luck. Yep. They won 10 out of 11 games to close out their season and then absolutely throttled Pittsburgh in the first round. This was a team, this is a team, the Chiefs, that is playing as good as anybody in the NFL. Yeah, they got off to a rocky start, but they went back to being the Chiefs. And the defense came around, the offense started scoring, they stopped turning the ball over, and let's face it, Patrick Mahomes is already an all-time great. Yes. And people are out there wanting to say, no, Josh Allen is better than Mahomes. <laughs> Stop. I, I I don't want to get into that debate because, well... Let me quote Rich Eisen. Okay. Rich Eisen was saying on his show that the artists in Canton that make the busts really should get measurements on both Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes right now because they're both going to the Hall of Fame. Hmm. Quite a statement from a guy who knows a bit about football, isn't it? That's a good take. Patrick Mahomes... Patrick Mahomes got almost walk away from the game tomorrow be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, he could. He's accomplished could, so he's, much. He's in accomplished years. enough so already to where he's you could step and he's a Hall of Famer. Josh Allen is ascending to that. 
but he still yes. has a lot of work to do. Okay, um, Mahomes already have a Super Bowl. He already already has an MVP. He's in. Josh Allen has every opportunity to do those same things, but he still has to accomplish it. But mm-hmm. it looks like he on his way to that. If I if I had to bet money today, I mean, granted, as long as he don't, you know, get some kind of injury and don't come back right, he will ascend to that to that plateau. I think. I I agree with you, and with Josh Allen being that good of a quarterback, and the NFL being a quarterback driven league, I feel really good about the Buffalo Bills' chances of being a perennial playoff team and Super Bowl contender. Don't you? I do. I feel good about it. And long as Brandon Bean stays and McDermott can stay, continue working together, keep building, yes. Um, But once again, we have to contend with the Chiefs, and we knew that. We have to build a team that we got to construct it in a way that we got to figure out how we can get past them. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and and that's a tall order, man, because they're they're a good team. They don't want to give it up. So, but the fact that we're even talking like this, I feel good about it. And we sure. always talk about the uh the Bush push. I was at the Bush push game. They call that one of the best games ever. I was there. I witnessed it. And at the moment, it didn't feel like that. But looking back on it, they always talk about it is one of the greatest games. And if you were lucky enough to go to Kansas City, um. To witness that man, don't be ashamed. Don't hang your head. They that was a great game, man. Sports is supposed to be entertainment, and very few games I've ever watched were as absolutely maddeningly entertaining as that one. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not the result you wanted, but it created one hell of a memory, didn't it? It did. It did, and it, I could just imagine if you were just being there, man. Like, I, our girl Shatila was there. I was about to say, you know, she go to every game, man. Yeah. Shout out to Shatila, man. Yeah, she goes every game, dude. Um, <laughs> it doesn't feel like this, y'all. It don't feel good, uh, but be proud. Hold your head high, man. Bills Mafia will be back next year. You know, absolutely. And uh, to let the listeners know, going into the offseason, we are going to be coming at you every other week. And then when the season kicks off, we will be back at you every single week. And I just want to go on record saying, Big Newt, I love doing this show with you. Thank you for another great season. I know, man. I can't thank you enough, man. You brought me on. You believed in me, man. And, And this is probably one of the best things in my life, man, to have your favorite team and be able to talk about them every week with your good friend, man. I look forward to it every week, man. So we'll be coming every week, every other week. And uh, what I would like for y'all to do, man, hit us up on Twitter, man. If there's things you want us to talk about, That's you got ideas. Yeah, I, I stole your thunder. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, it's okay. <laughs> Fernando, Riverfish, all the rest of you, talk to us, guys. Yeah, man, law school, man, you're going to be listening to us tomorrow morning out there in sunny California. Man, hit me up. Give me more ideas, and we'll talk about it, man, because we're about the people, man. We want to give the people what they want. (laughs) I also love it when you sing, let me tell you. You know I can sing, man. Oh, absolutely. There's a reason they call you Big Sexy. Anyway, I know it's not a Bill's win, but I'd like to hear a song from you, buddy. Also, while we were recording, it just came up on the tick on ESPN. Sean Payton is leaving the Saints. 
Oh, crap. Ooh, so he's retiring. I guess he's going to the booth. So the Saints will be looking for a new coach. Um, Yeah, it's going to be a lot of moves this offseason, man. It's been wonderful. So I guess we'll see y'all in two weeks, man. And Bill's Mafia, it's going to be okay, man. It's going to be okay. Hey, hey, hey.